Today's podcast is sponsored by Banner of Truth. Banner of Truth is an evangelical and reformed nonprofit publishing house that puts out the best historical and modern works from the reformed tradition. Go get it! Check them out at banneroftruth.org and be sure to hit those Christmas specials. December 6th, 2016. I'm Albert Moeller, and this is the briefing. Uh, no. A daily analysis no, this, of this news is not what we do. We, you is, are not Al Moeller. No, it's not I'm, December he, 6th. It's working for him. He's got huge numbers. Yeah, because he's also smart and yeah. articulate, and yeah. he has things to say. Yeah, we just, like we we just ramble it. as we go on. I feel like he kind of... He doesn't prepare. Uh, he doesn't I'm, prepare. That dude wakes up like at four, four, five, four or five in the morning. To, he ain't preparing. He's got to be preparing. No, he's got I heard him in an interview. He's like, I don't really... I just show up, and I read this stuff, and then I talk about it. Well, he's Which is also, what we do. Yeah, but he's... So we can do the same thing. We cannot do the same thing. And it's not December 6th. Oh, no, it's December, like, uh, what is it, 26th or something? I December don't know 26th, December... No, whatever. Whatever yeah, it is. It's it's, uh, wait, it's got to be after Christmas. Yeah. December 27th. Okay. We're obviously no, recording no. this early. 26th. <laughs> December 26th. You're right. <laughs> I, I know I'm you're right. You're right, because it comes out... This is a Monday. All right. Well, listen, uh, this is Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast that explores Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. Uh, my name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, elder candidate at Redeemer Fellowship. How's it going, man? You know what? Uh, this was a great idea. Yeah, this feels pretty good. This feels really good. Uh, I feel Joe at home. And I, I feel yeah, at home. Well, it's probably because we spend a lot of time here. We do. We're here. Well, I'm here uh, Tuesdays, Thursdays. Saturdays, Wednesdays, Sundays, Wednesdays, Wednesdays, and then sometimes Mondays. Yeah, sometimes, yeah. Sometimes Fridays. We're yeah, okay. We're here a lot. We're here a lot. We're here a lot. And so we're at Levita right now. We decided Levita Cigars in St. Charles, Illinois. We decided to record uh, these two episodes, this episode and the one on Thursday, here, uh, because well, we can we could smoke. Right. Turns out um, until. it's illegal to smoke in the church? Uh, apparently, I you know <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> uh, I think maybe we should just be looking so... at the spirit of the law. The spirit of the law is like, hey, don't smoke and cause a fire. We uh, weren't causing fires. No, no, I, I, I don't know. But I'm just trying to be cool. Like, hey, man, we don't, we don't smoke in the church. That, that's it. We obey the laws of the land. That's what we do. That's what we do. You having a good like week? You, like you drive the speed limit? I do five over. That's not the speed limit. That's, that's, that's like the, uh, listen, I have a buddy who's a sheriff. He, he tells me what's up. I'm good. Lenny, you were in law enforcement. So Lenny, Lenny is, Lenny, uh, is <laughs> Hold a on, Lenny. Ours. I'm going to ask Lenny right Hang now. Hang on, Lenny, because they don't know who you're talking All to. Right, fine. Lenny is a friend of ours. Uh, he's a longtime regular here at La Vida. You can find Lenny here at the cigar shop watching MASH. Or uh, what's that other show you watch all the time? Well, we watch the History NCIS? Channel together. NCIS? Yeah, that's what so Lenny and I watch together. Lenny, and History Channel, Military Channel. Le- Lenny is like old school. Like he's got the cop mustache. He's uh, he's, uh, he's he's a manly man. Mm-hmm. Now, what were you going to ask Lenny? All right, he's not Mike though, so I got to answer for him after he says it. All right. Lenny is five over the speed limit. Is that breaking the law? Yes. Oh, stop it. Thank you, you Lenny. Know. Thank you. What do you, you mean know. he knows? He doesn't know what he's talking about. All right. Anyways. So did you have a good week? I had a great week. Uh, you know, really excited. Uh, I'm really pumped right now to be doing these episodes. Uh, we're approaching our 50th. Yeah. No one thought we'd get past three. No. Everyone no, was Remember like, all those emails we got from Barnabas Piper about saying, how we're like, we'll never make it? You ain't, get, you ain't good, son. No. He said, hey, you ain't got the pipe's name. You can't do this. No. And you ain't got no big T. Nope. You ain't got no big R. He, he was hating on You ain't got heart. no baby. Remember, some guy, they call some guy baby. I don't know who that guy is. Remember when uh, Les and Banner was uh, 
like hating on us all the time. Mike, those haters gonna hate. I, I don't know. know why they did, but hey, guys, we're here. We're here. We made it to fifty. And we made it to well, we're at forty nine. Well, we'll probably quit after this. At, yeah, how bad would that be? We just like say, all right, done. Hey, peace out. This one just was terrible. I'm done. This ain't no fun no more. So, um, listen, today. Oh, wait, hold on. We got to clear something up. But none of those guys sent us messages. Oh no, none of, of them were hating. I know. No, I just want to make no. sure you know how people Come are. On, you know how people are. Someone in the Reform Pubcast is going to hear us and post that and be like, "Hey, you see how these guys are slandering Lesson Tanner." Yeah. And they don't believe in pedo baptism, and they're not really Listen, Christian, a bunch of those guys, and they're not really know what they're talking right, about. Let me tell you something about those guys over there in the Reformed pub. Okay, I love them. Okay, they're good brothers. In- oh, uh, Les and Tanner, mm-hmm. they're gold. Mm-hmm. I like them. Some of those fools, hey, they bronze. Some of you fool, <laughs> some of you fools <laughs> over there, uh, you're the dross. Uh, what? Some, just some crazy <laughs> stuff being said over there, man. Um, yeah, yeah. It's a little nutty. What about this last week? There was something. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm not it don't matter. We're going to get into it. Hey, uh, by the way, yep. I didn't tell you this earlier. So Jimmy and I went out for lunch today. It was nice. Yeah, nice and, salad, uh, nice yeah, it was, chicken. It was, it was good stuff. So I went to the bathroom at one point, and I marched right in. I had to go. So I was marching fast. I walked right into the women's bathroom. Oh, my gosh. I wish I was there. It was not empty. No, I wish I, I was there. I, I wish tell, I had a camera. I'm telling you right I now. I wish I had a video. I it, wish I had I walked, all that. I, went, I barreled in there. But boom, lady at the makeup mirror. I get the mirror doing her makeup. Oh! <laughs> 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 I got my peacoat on, my hat, and I got my beard, and I was like, oh, sorry. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, didn't want to. Uh, nice makeup. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> felt so stupid. I'm so was that really like the, the highlight of it your week? It was the most embarrassing moment of the week, yeah. There's usually one. I usually share it with Pastor Steve McCoy. I'm sharing this one with everybody. Oh, well, we appreciate that. Thank you for sharing that with us. Wait, what do you mean you stare? Wait. I share it with Steve. Every week you share with Steve an, emb- an embarrassing yeah, moment. Yeah, whenever I think to do no, it. No, yeah. I think you're just trying to, right mm-hmm. there, you were trying to. a dig. Yes, it was. I'm not digging on yes, you. Yes, it was. No. You were digging on me. You didn't think I would notice that you said that. Listen. So I, you're telling me every week. Not every you, week. All right, how often? Whenever it occurs to me that I need to share this embarrassing moment, I share it with Pastor right, Steve. I've been doing time, that for years. Right, for years. For years I've been doing for that. For years you've been going behind my back to Pastor Steve. Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, I've known you for like, I feel like I've known you for like six months. I've known Pastor Steve We've known each the, other for since years. Since the 90s. You were like 15 in the 90s. 13? 12? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think, Ted. Wait. All right, listen. Something like that. We tried to get Pastor Steve on the podcast. Yeah, he bailed. He was too busy. Hey, guys, I got too much going on. He's, um, he's partnered with Ed Stetzer now. I'm with now. Ed Stetzer They're now, and, you know, thing. I can't really hang out with you guys and your little podcast. Steve, listen, if you, if you love us, you're going you're gonna to hang out. Yeah, you would have came and hung out with us, man, for real. All right, you know, it's really hot in here. I've got my, so I've got my D&D hoodie on, mm-hmm. and it's... So take off all your hoodies. I, I can't, because I, I don't have a t-shirt on Wait, who it. does that? Are you kidding me? No, it's nice and soft. I like to feel it on my skin. No, you have to wear a no. t-shirt on no, That's really... That is disgusting. What are you talking about? That's disgusting. Why is it disgusting? You're supposed to wear a t-shirt. Do you have a shirt underneath your t-shirt? Yeah, it's called an undershirt. A white undershirt. Right now you have an undershirt on. A white undershirt. That's something big people do. That's that, not... Uh, that's something... What? Big people do that. What do you mean? Big oh, the, like, oh, like, like a bigger guy. Lenny, like is he a bigger guy? I'm a bigger yeah, okay. guy. You're Lenny, bigger. Lenny, hold on, Lenny. Do you have a, a white undershirt? I do it. Okay, because, Lenny does not. Okay, yeah, Lenny does not. But and Lenny's he, a bigger guy, though. Lenny has lost like over a hundred pounds. I don't know how much he's lost. One hundred fifty. One hundred thirty. Oh, Jeez. congratulations, man! I got to get on what you what you're doing. Are we going to talk about our thing? Yeah. So uh, discipline. We're going to talk about church. We're going to talk about church discipline, especially right. now that I find that you are disgusting and gross and not wearing a t-shirt. 
Okay, unless you're at Mars Hill, this is not a church discipline offense, okay? <laughs> um, well, so, no, at Mars Hill, it had to be like a long V cut. Yeah, if I wasn't wearing the long V? If you weren't wearing the long V uh, the cut. Deep, the deep V. The deep V cut sweater, <laughs> then uh, it would be, and skinny jeans. All right, so we're going to talk about church discipline. Um, people have asked us to talk about this, mm-hmm. so we thought, let's go ahead and do it. It's something that I've been writing about, uh, books that are coming out uh, early next year, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. Uh, I don't want to get into the book thing. Leave, leave me alone. I know, but I actually just thought to myself, I'm so, going to leave you alone uh, on that one. There, I, I write on church discipline, and so we thought, well, let's go ahead and jump in and just talk about it uh, from a, a simple biblical perspective, uh, practical mm-hmm. sort of uh, perspective, and then talk about why it's important. But when we're talking about church discipline, really, Jimmy, we're talking about two kinds, right? We're, there's not just one kind of discipline in the church. Yeah, we're talking about reformative and... Uh, Formative. Formative, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So formative and reformative. Now, when you talk about church discipline, most everybody thinks reformative. That's what they're thinking about. And how would you define the two? Let's define the two because you're saying most people are going to think like that. So formative discipline is essentially what people think of as discipleship. Mm -hmm. It is uh, the ongoing normal instruction in the Word of God, the teaching, the preaching, prayers, fellowship. Your uh, day-to-day walk. Right, your day-to-day walk with other believers, people that have authority over you. Um, and then peers who are helping you grow in, into the, in the knowledge of God and walk with God. So think of all those positive things that we mm-hmm. do to grow in the faith. That's formative discipline. It's like your formative years where you're learning and growing and changing. Reformative, yeah. reformative discipline is sort of what it sounds like. Like Jimmy was sent to reform school. Now, well, hold on. Let's know, not say it like wait, that. It was not. You reform. went to reform school. I, I went Were to you a, sent to a military school? I, Were well, you sent yeah, to a military school? I had school? the privilege of going to. Did they to- shave your head? They made me cut my hair. Okay, so yeah, so Jimmy, they made like me said, cut my Jimmy hair. was sent to reform school. Hey, uh, Lenny, is, is Marmion a reform school kind of a thing? Yeah, stop it. Thank Have you. Have my back. Thank Your you. Lenny Thank is not you. fun at all. Though I was in the bridge program. Is it, it was, like a card club, card playing club? No, it was like, it was supposed, it was for kind of like the... Behavioral disorder? And slower kids. Okay, and BDLD, it, yeah. Yeah, and it was to help you, they're, they're going to help you bridge the gap between where you are at mm-hmm. and the rest of society. The, 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 the rest ba- of the, the where back end of the rest of society. I mean, the bridge only goes so far, Jimmy. It's not going to take you to the front. Anyways, it was a great school. Loved it. All right, so reformative, reformative discipline is, is a reforming um, action. It is not punitive. It's not punishment. But mm-hmm. it is correction. It's a, it's a correctional discipline. It's, it's where um, a Christian, a member of a local church, has gotten into sin that is significant in yeah. nature and requires uh, real repentance, open repentance. Typically, these are uh, situations where there has been impenitence or a lack of repentance. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, reformative discipline is the, the, the corrective measures that the church will take to help a brother or a sister get back on the right, right. track and away from habits and practices that are hurting them or others and i think what's really important is you know we hear discipline and we we hear kind of like this negative connotation to it It sounds bad it sounds bad but if you look at hebrews twelve six, the lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes everyone he accepts as a son and so this is part of this is just is sanctification part of this is is spurring you on towards godliness and righteousness yeah it's it's spurring you on to to you know Live, I was about to say live your best life now. Why but, did you say that? You <laughs> don't know, because it popped in my head. Okay. Matt right. Hensley, Matt, Matt Hensley kept putting on my wall. Oh, the Osteen memes? Th- yes. 
And so that's why that one popped in my head. But it living uh, righteously. Yeah. Well, I, you know, it's interesting because when you're reading the scripture about how God disciplines his people or mm. his children, clearly it is, um, it's, it's the work of God in their life that brings a level of pressure and yeah. sometimes even pain uh, to get their attention in the midst of ongoing and sin that they are not repenting of. And it is unpleasant. It's like a spanking when you're a kid. Like it's, and it's not fun. No. Uh, but, but God steps into your life in these different ways in order and to— And uses people in your life oh, in these different ways. Yeah, frequently people are coming in your life. So you experience the pressure or the, the pain, and it, it gets your attention. You see your situation. You repent, and you return. So it says that God disciplines us for a time, and yeah. it's unpleasant, but it's so that we will share in his holiness. So God disciplines us. But when the church disciplines us, um, it's a little different— in that we are not seeking to bring pain to people. Mm-hmm. Um, we are seeking to bring some level of pressure. That's right. But it's, again, it's not punitive. It's not to punish them. It's not to call them out. We don't want to shame them or shun them. What we want to do is help them to see where they're at, mm-hmm. to see from where they have fallen, and encourage them to go in the right way by walking with them. It's, yeah. it's not like we, the way we talk about it at Redeemer is we practice, true, we, we practice church discipline with grace. Yes. So we hold one another accountable, and if someone is in serious sin uh, that is hurting others, if there is a lack of repentance, then church discipline uh, steps in. It, it, it begins, and it's always private. We're going to talk about the steps and all yeah. that in a little bit. Um, like the steps of discipline? Yeah, sure, okay. like yeah. How, how it practically works out and what Jesus says in Matthew 18, what Paul says, and, and all of that. But it's, it's generally something that is not practiced today in most churches. No. Um, holding people accountable, holding members accountable. Is part of it like a fear? Like, I, maybe, I, is it, I, I want to give people the benefit of the doubt that it's not just they're afraid that they might lose the person, that they would just run off and they won't ha- the member would be gone. That's very kind of you. I'll tell you why. Because they're afraid. <laughs> yeah, <so>, okay. <laughs> no, I think, honestly, um, church discipline isn't practiced today perhaps because it's been done so poorly and wrongly in some generations past, and it's happening wrongly again today, we've seen. Yeah, we've seen uh, numerous instances. Yeah, exa- of, uh, yeah. contemporary examples, well-known yeah. examples. So uh, maybe it's a reaction to that. Um, it's probably also just our culture is not down with anybody telling them what to do. We all there is no own. objective. Yeah, we, we, don't, we don't like... Uh, it's not just that there is accountability. It's accountability that has consequences. Yes. And people don't like that. Um, and yeah, there's the fear that if I carry church discipline out and I take it all, and if it has to continue to the, to the end of church yeah. discipline in a negative sense and a person has to be removed publicly from membership, then what if they sue? You know, what if it, what if it causes a church split? Yeah. What if something happens? So I think that there what is... What if people disagree with me for, for or with us as elders? Yeah, bringing this up. Like, you're bringing this up? We don't think this is a big deal. Yeah. So, yeah, I think there are a lot of reasons why people don't do it. And then, like, like, we, like we were saying, there are some churches that practice it, and they completely mishandle it. Yeah, and I think also along those lines of churches not doing it, uh, they just don't know how to do it. And I think that's going along with what you're talking about is because of the poor examples that maybe we've seen or and some have experienced because I've experienced myself mm-hmm. personally uh, unhealthy just church leadership. Right. It didn't get to that discipline. Wait, and what do you mean by unhealthy, though? Like, describe that. I would say... Uh, like, too, like, too kind? Too... too, too <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were just too nice to me. Uh, domineering, mm-hmm. uh, manipulative, condescending, judgmental, critical, unloving. Okay, good. I, I don't know how else to word it than that. 
So and this was last week. Okay. Well, no. I, I, I'm glad <laughs> no, you're bringing was, it up now. This was years ago. So that was kind of the the atmosphere, right? Mm-hmm. That was the culture of the leadership, and mm-hmm. did mm-hmm. did culture of 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 the of, leader? Yes. The the big dog. The pope. The pope of the pope the, of, of the church. Of the church. So, and what did this, I mean, what did this, what kind of impact did that have on you then as you're thinking about all these issues? I mean, I, uh, the impact for me personally was, uh, I mean, I just felt beat up. I just felt just downcast. I felt unloved. I even at some point started thinking like, am I even really a believer? Like, should I be here? Should I even, do I want to be here? Do I want to, do I really want to follow God? Um, if this is what being part of a church family looks like, right. if this is how we're going to treat one another, is this really the way I want to be? Is this really where I want to be? Right. So when you see other churches that function in that way, and mm-hmm. when church discipline is practiced and blown, it's usually because there is a domineering spirit. Yeah. It's because they are taking church, they are approaching church discipline without patience and without uh, gentleness. I think you've, you've, You've got to practice church discipline, and there, there's got to be a firmness to it. There, and, and like I said, we're going to get into what it looks like. Mm-hmm. But if you aren't patient in the midst of it, and if you aren't gentle, if you aren't approaching the brother or the sister who is in real trouble, maybe they've just maybe they're they're back on drugs and they've just been ignored, or maybe they're sleeping around and and they think like it's not a big deal, uh, and then we find out. You know, we, we go to them, we talk to them, but we want to help them see the danger of the yes. situation, and we want to show them that there's a better way to go and that we want to help them. We're going to put our arms underneath them and help carry them along the way. We don't just want to bark orders at them and tell them to get in line. That's mm-hmm. not what we're doing, but that's how a lot of churches practice church discipline. Yeah, yeah. Toe the line or get out. Right. And they, Get on the bus. Or get... Under the bus. Okay. So then there's this, this idea also that it has, they expect it to happen very quickly. You know, it's like, oh, okay. that, yeah, the change is going to happen overnight. So, so, like, we warned you, we told you, you need to stop, you need to stop getting drunk all the time. And I told you that yesterday. Right. Okay. And, uh, and look what happened today. You did it again. Mm-hmm. So, guess what? Yeah, you're under church. You're out. You're, you're out now. You're, you're out. out. Bring strikes. it before the congregation, going to shame you, publicly, publicly denounce you, and kick you out. Yeah. And then tell everybody else, don't associate, don't associate with, that, with that individual. Okay. All that's wrong. So, um, what, are, what are some of the, the biblical texts that people... Uh, tend to go to Jimmy. Uh, well, you mentioned one earlier, uh, Matthew eighteen, uh-huh. uh, fifteen to twenty, uh, and it says this: If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Great. Um, now, we're not, we don't have time to get into all of that, yeah. but, but we'll, we'll, we'll deal with the, with the meat of it, yeah. with, the, with the most relevant stuff here, at least for our conversation. When, yeah, when people say Matthew 18 it. Yeah, they're, they're, they're really focusing on this progression Right. So if your brother sins against you. So in the, on, on the front end of this here, it's just a, a, it's a beef between two people. And um, if your brother sins against you, the, 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 the principle is you go and tell this guy his fault. You go to that person. You explain what he has done. That this is wrong. You've hurt me. And this is what we encourage in everybody to do. Don't go and talk to somebody else about the beef that you have with yeah. this person. If this person has wronged you, first go to them. Give them a chance to repent. Don't assume that they're not going to do it. 
but you go to them. And uh, so they go to this person, and but what if he's un, unrepentant? What if he, he's like, I, I don't, get out of here, you big baby. It wasn't a big deal. You go again, but with a witness. Right, so now, listen, you, you go back. Now, it's not, you don't, you're not bringing a witness so you can like, be a, a tough gang and, and put the screws to him. Yeah. You're, you're going with him with another witness so that you're not alone, so that he realizes or that she realizes this is actually a really serious thing. This guy's coming back saying, no, you, you don't understand how significant this problem is. This is a real sin. It's significant. It's hurting others. It's hurting you. And so I'm bringing this person along so that they can reason with, that, with you as well. Yeah. So it's, it, we're, it, it's, the church discipline here is intensifying, right? Yeah, it's moving to that next level, and then it, it goes a, a step further. Right. So if even, then it says, um, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, then you tell it to the church. There comes a point here when this person is consistently re- refusing to repent of their known sin. Yep. They are, they are not humbled. They are not remorseful. They are refusing to deal with it. At some point, it has to go to the church. Tell it to the church. This means it now becomes a public matter. It's been private until this Mm -hmm. point. And when it goes before the church, it's still not the end. If he he refuses to listen even to the church. So it gets brought to the church. The church now knows about it. The church is praying about it. And we're talking about that. We're talking about the church members. Right, church local. Yeah. Yeah. So it's told to the local church, and the church is made up of the local church is made up of members. Yeah. So, so I, I'm just trying to make sure I say that it's something that's brought up at a members meeting. Yeah, it's not we, that we it's brought up. It, right. Yeah. It's not that it's brought up in a Sunday morning service. No, it is at John MacArthur's church. Oh. Really? At least, I, yeah. I had a friend that was there, and there was a there was an excommunication thing that happened at the service. It's happened at, at Sunday services at some. Um, we would do it uh, at a members meeting. Yeah, I figure. I and feel like it, that it would be. It would probably be clo- a closed members that, meeting. Yeah, usually exactly. we o- invite people over. But so it goes to the church. The church then is praying for this individual, and so maybe some other people are reaching. Hey, man, I hope you really will turn around. If he refuses to listen to the church, then let him be to you as a Gentile or a tax collector. Why does he say that? Just an unbeliever, an outsider. An outsider, right? Because the Gentiles were generally seen as, these are not, you know, many tax collectors that had become Christians and were a part of the church. But they're saying, well, tax collectors are generally in this day known to be immoral, ruthless people. They weren't following God and Gentiles. So in other words, you no longer view them as a Christian. You view them as an outsider. Mm -hmm. Okay, You view them as something other than a part of the church. So they are effectively removed from the membership of the body. The problem is, is that people, I think the problem, people look at these three steps and they go, okay, there's three strikes. I go to them, yep. say, get it right. Uh, they don't get it right. I go to them with uh, maybe another person. Uh, they don't get it right. It goes before the church right after that. And if they don't repent and get it right, then they're excommunicated. So this could happen maybe in three weeks or three months. Yeah. But that's, I don't think that that's, Rather than, like you mentioned before, a patient process right right yeah it this takes time and just think of how patient god is uh, throughout scripture with his people think about how patient god is with you think about how patient you have to be with your children when you're training them up so this is a process and this whole process may involve you know multiple meetings until each of these levels are hit respectively in order um it the process itself could take a year you know or longer it, it really depends on is the brother or sister repentant at all, and how are they progressing? This is, this is the example of they're not repenting, they're not progressing, and so it's moving forward. So, you know, in, at Redeemer, we've had to practice church discipline over the nine and a half years that we've been in existence. Mm-hmm. And so far, everyone who has gone completely through the process, right, and um, 
all of them would found themselves in a situation where they either came to us and said there's something really bad happening yeah. and I'm wrong or they've been caught and then we we t- we start talking with them and the way that we approach them is you're in trouble. Yeah. This is not you're in trouble with us. Like, like you, this is this is a serious Yeah, you're concern. in a bad way here. Yeah. And we want to help you uh walk in repentance and humility and get close to the Lord. Um can we help? And uh, everyone that's gone through that process, they've all said yes. Yeah. Now they haven't always been happy. No. Uh, along the way, and some people get upset because we're, we're we're calling them on their behavior. But I believe, and we're that, in their business. Yeah. No, you're, we're stepping in, saying, "Listen, this, you know, this you can't continue to do what you're doing. You can't justify it with those words." Yeah. So, without getting into the details, um, I'm confident saying that all of the people that have gone through that process. Uh, have said in one way or the other, wow, this is, I'm so grateful that we went through this process because now I've experienced restoration. That's right. Um, I have been, uh, my marriage is better and healthier than it's ever been. And I know one, I know one individual, one couple that has expressed that to me and to others saying, I, I love our church. I love the elders. I love, um, I did not, I did not love the process. As I was going through it, I definitely didn't like it at the beginning. Right, right, right. But I see now why it happened and why it needed to happen. And I'm thankful that there were those around me who loved me and loved my family enough to step in and help. So what we're not saying here is that uh, church discipline is always easy and that everybody's always super appreciative of it. Mm. Um, there are people that don't like it. There are people that do not respond well to it. And any people will church, fight against it. Yeah, and any church who exists for any significant length of time is more than likely to wind up in a situation where they have to practice church discipline and even bring it to that final stage where it goes public yeah. because they're, they're not repenting. Um, the church then knows. The church is then praying. Uh, the person is continued to be admonished, warned, and encouraged. And uh, when they don't believe, then they are removed from membership. And there are other things that might happen along the way. When people are under church discipline, they may be restricted from their ministry services yeah. or their responsibilities for, for yep. a time. Uh, they may be ref- uh, barred from the Lord's Supper yep. if they are remaining impenitent and they aren't dealing with their sin. But the goal in all of this is really to see them not just feel the weight of their sin, Mm -hmm. but to find redemption in Christ for this specific issue, problem, sin situation. We want them to see their their trouble. We want them to sense their need and flee to Christ. We don't don't need them to flee to us. That's right. We just want to point them in the right direction so that they know where to go. And what they need to experience along the way is the ongoing continual support and care of the leadership. So, you know, there needs to be... uh, an investment in them as people, That's not right. as projects to yeah. merely control. They need to know that you, you're for them. Yeah. Like, it's not like, you're not a project that I'm trying to complete here. Yeah. I care about you. I love you. We love you. And we want you to flourish. We don't want you exactly. to fail. So, Joe, I want to I wanna, uh, touch on two things. I do want to talk about uh, maybe the benefits of church discipline and then the process of how we do church discipline. Okay. Before we get there, oh yeah, uh, well, Christmas has already happened. Yes, it has. Uh, you've gotten your gifts, or maybe you didn't, or maybe you didn't get the one you wanted. You probably some of you didn't. Some of you didn't get. Some of you did not get that John Owen sixteen volume sixteen volume set mm-hmm. from Banner of Truth. Jimmy, did you get that? Uh, yes, I did, but I bought it for myself. Same thing. Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas to me. Uh, 
I'm hoping because you know we record these early, so I don't know yet. But I'm hoping that my wife got me flavor. Flav. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I already bought it. Flavor's on the way. Oh man, I'm hoping. I'm like, <laughs> I keep dropping hints. I'm like, I want this. I mean, that's not really a hint. I just pretty much told her. Yeah, I want this. So you might not have got what you wanted, but through December 31st, Banner of Truth still has its Christmas sale going on, where you can get. Uh, anywhere from 20 to 50% off selected volumes and free shipping for any order over $50. That's right. So you might not have got it, but maybe you got some money. And listen, some of you, some of you did, you you just forgot to get like your buddy a Christmas present or your, or your, your friend a Christmas present. Uh, It's not too late. You do this and then you give it to them later and be like, sorry, it's late. It's late. You know, they won't care. No, they won't. It's banner of truth. And you can, you know what? Hey, just be like, Hey, you know, Mail was slow. Blame it on the postal service. Yeah, well, don't lie. Yeah, no, I'm not but saying the, that. But the mail is slow. But it is That's slow. not a lie. That's not a lie. Okay. Unless, unless, see, see well, what, unless it's like us. Like when we send out our hoodies and our T-shirts. Yeah. Those get out on time. Those get out quick. Those get out quick. Yeah. Usually two days. same day. Yeah, same, well, yeah, well they get out same day. They get out same day. They get them in the day or two. Same, same business day is what yeah. we try for. Um, but yeah, but yeah, whatever you got to do, give it up. All right, so when we're talking about the benefits of church discipline. Yeah. Um, well, you know, like, like, like we, we learn that God disciplines that we might share in his holiness. One of the benefits of going through church discipline is that you are successfully being corrected and restored yeah. from a place of destruction um, in a practical sense. So you are restored in your communion with God. You are restored to the church. Uh, and to your ministries, your relationships are being restored. So anybody who's going through discipline, who, who follows through, who responds to it in faith, they're going to experience revival. They're going to experience uh, the good work of God in their souls. Yeah. But it's good for the whole church for a number of reasons. One is that it, um, it really serves as sort of a, a, a check uh, <laughs> to, the, to, the, to the church body in that— are you, Wait, are you mean, when you say check— I feel like you mean more like a warning. No, I feel like, you know, in hockey. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, go ahead. Let me hear this. Let me hear this. Actually, I want to hear so this. I'm in, thinking in how to hockey, get it. when one fool rolls up on another fool, uh-huh. and he takes his uh, his shoulder, and he drives it into the dude mm-hmm. and bu- busts him up against the those plastic boards, that's a check. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah, but, oh, actually, I thought you had an even better one. So a lot of teams have what they call enforcer. His job is oh, to go around. Yeah. And he takes the, you know, he hits the other team. Okay. That's his job. Yeah. His job ain't to score. Yeah. His oh, job no. is to be a bully. That's church discipline. That, no, yeah. No. Wait, <laughs> no, no? What I'm trying to say, though, is that sometimes it is like a check. It is like a check to the rest that, hey, uh, discipline for the good of your soul and for the glory of God it's an alarming is thing. maintained. It's an alarming thing. It's not to scare anybody. No. Um, and it's not to check them in an aggressive way. What it does is, is it raises awareness that our sins are serious and that none of us are beyond making these mistakes and that the church will not turn a blind eye when we are abusing our spouse, mm. when we are neglecting um, our parental responsibilities, when we are, we are, when we are grossly sinning and, and not dealing with our problems. So I, I think if people get this, like any time, goodness, you think of all the failures, the public moral failures of pastors. Oh, yeah. Like right now, there's like there's so many. There's a brand, a new one just dropped. And it's just so discouraging. And what that does is it sort of, now it puts some people on hyper judgmental uh, mode. Yeah. But for people that I know, it makes us mourn and it makes us recognize, wow, 
that happens to people. That could happen to me yeah, in, in the wrong situation. Me. It really it scares me. We better watch ourselves. Yeah. Right? Not, not out of fear of being caught, but we better watch ourselves so that we don't fall in the same way. Well, and I think that's also where, again, you talked about formative, right? Yeah. Like where that discipleship, that some of these things could have been avoided if there had been honest accountability mm-hmm. from the beginning. Right. Like the elders know. Uh, and I know I, I've mentioned this to like Pastor Brian and I say this to each other a lot is, man, like there ain't no kid gloves with us. Right. If you see something, you say something. Between you and Pat. Right. Well, but, well no, between Brian and I. Oh, Brian. You said, I said Pat. I said Pastor Brian. Okay. I said Pastor Brian. Okay. But, uh, fine. Well, Pastor Pat, I tell him the same thing. Okay. Well, we all say this to, we to the We all say this to each other is that, hey, there ain't no kid gloves. Yeah, but you said Pastor Pat. Okay. No, but you know, I'm just saying there's no kid gloves here. <laughs> Uh, you know, <laughs> call me out and I'm okay with that. I'd rather people say things to me yeah. on the front end before it escalates into yeah. something even far worse than it already is in my heart. Yeah, no, it, it's important. So on the one hand, it, it's, it's a warning, but on the other hand, it's comforting. Um, we tell people, I do almost all of our church orientation classes, right? And it's like a membership class. And, um, I tell them if, if you do not want to be held accountable yeah. for serious sin, then don't join this church. Yeah, don't be here. Um, because we, we, will, we will do that. Um, and so, listen, this means that we are for you, protecting you. We're trying to protect you. We're trying to protect your family. Yep. So if we know that somebody is abused or is being abused or is abusing, I should mm-hmm. say, um, then we're going to step into that situation. Yeah. If the authorities need to be called, the authorities will need to be called. And I don't mean need to be called by our standards. I mean, first of all, need to be called because of legal standards, yeah. uh, and then also because of moral standards. Uh, we bear the responsibility of caring for the flock, and so we're yep. going to do that. Um, and so pe- and people, I've had people at the church, some people leave and never come back after that class. They're like, I mean, I'm out. I'm out. Uh, I'm I don't done. like the reform stuff. I don't like the church discipline stuff. But I've had a lot of people say, like, oh, I like this. And does this apply to the elders? And absolutely, this oh, applies yeah. to the elders. And the el- an elder can be dismissed by the congregation, by the congregational vote a- as well, if there's a real problem. So we lay all of this out. Everybody's held accountable. And some people are relieved to know, okay, they, cha- they take care of the body seriously enough to hold one another accountable. And, uh, and it's not all private. It's private until it can't be private anymore. That's then it right. becomes public, and then we all get to deal with it together. So you said, one, you said it was a benefit for the person themselves, for their sanctification, um, you said it's a, a check, I guess, for the body. Right. It's, it's good for the health of the church. I think it's also then it shows others around us um, that we take, like, we take justice seriously or we take, yeah. we take sin seriously. If, if there's something going on, like you mentioned about calling the cops, I mean, if there's abuse at home, we're not going to hide this. If there's abuse of a child, we're not going to hide Here's that. what we're not going to do, fools. Okay, because I get angry about this stuff. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, so, know, I didn't mean to actually get so, Joe No, angry. it's too and late. I, and triggered, I know it does. Triggered. Um, this is a good trigger. I, somebody, I admire this about Joe. Somebody in your church abuses a kid. Um, it's not that kid's responsibility to go and meet with their abuser and accept their repentance and forgive them. That's not, that's not what we need to be working on. Uh, when somebody abuses a kid in your church, you call the cops, and you get, you get, you get the law involved— and you protect the one who has been exploited, and you hold the abuser accountable. Yes, you extend grace to yep. them in the form of a gospel appeal, and you want to help them. But there are you, consequences for those actions. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I don't even want to get into what I think the consequences ought to be, but they're pretty severe. Um, 
So let's just say that if there is, and oh yeah, okay, so complementarians or like hyper, like I don't oh know my what gosh, they are called. No, when, they, when they start saying like, oh, well, if, if your husband is abusing you, you need to learn to submit. If that your pastor is, is saying that, man, I hope that guy gets fired. That's crazy. I hope crazy. you leave. I hope That's you leave. That's a crazy church. All right, yeah. so no, you don't go back and submit to your husband who's abusive. Okay, that's no, you get out. Yeah, you and get as out. A and, church, we, and we should help. We should be helping. And that's just it. The elders should be helping. They should be helping. And I know of stories, and I know of of instances where the elders have, where the elders have, you know, uh, cared and and made sure that there was safety. That's always been on your guys' hearts. Are, are they safe? Well, I mean, I, I know in a former church, uh, we had to step into a home situation and tell the boyfriend to get out. Yeah, time to go. Time to get go. Get your stuff. <laughs> because this guy was abusive and it was like you guys aren't cops You're like nope but Both. you still got to go you got to go. go call the cops that's fine <laughs> that's fine but you're, you're leaving you're not so yeah ready. we have to uphold justice right uh and so i think then also then ultimately we uphold the glory of god yeah god cares about justice he cares about righteousness he cares about the oppressed and the weak mm-hmm. and he expects us to share those values to share in his holiness in that way you know in the pastoral development class this week we were talking about holiness in the the christian and what a godly man looks like and uh in reading thomas watson one of the sections is um a godly man is godlike in that he shares in god's holiness now not to obviously a a degree of perfection but that we begin to look more and more like him we value what he values and we hate what he hates and we act in accordance with those things so we talked about the benefits what about the process well and I'm, I'm kind of going to lean in on you on this one. Okay. Uh, and because this is something I've been learning, and I've shared that even at the elder meeting. Like, I need to hear from you guys. I, I want to ask questions. I want to learn about this because my only experiences have been domineering. And now you've seen it up close. And, and I've you've now seen, seen it all the way through with certain yeah. situations. So the, what we do when, um, and honestly, I would say most of the time, at least more than 50% of the time, uh, the person that needs to be under discipline comes to us. Yeah. And they just start saying like, hey, man, I'm addicted to porn and drugs and I don't know what to do. Can you help? And that person is already repentant and broken. And so it remains private. We just walk them through that process, make sure that they get healthy again, mm-hmm. uh, and then take them out from under church discipline. And just let them rest in formative discipline. Others, uh, it takes a longer process because maybe things are more complicated. The sin might be more tangled up around them. And so we meet with them, and when we meet with them, what we're expressing is we are concerned about your soul, we're concerned about your life or your marriage or whatever. Your your actions here are sinful, and they are hurting others. They are hurting you, and they are grievous to God. And we want to help you do what's right. And we believe that by the grace of God, you can not only get out of this, but that you can really flourish. We want Mm -hmm. you to do well. We want to help you. Now, the vast majority of cases, people are maybe all but one that I can think of off the top of my head. People are they're like saying, yes, I want this. I'm going to do I'm going to I'm going to do these things. So sometimes we have to set certain expectations for them. Yeah. OK, so right now we need you to do X, Y and Z. This will protect you or this will protect your spouse or this will whatever. Um, we want you to engage in these habits. We want you to meet with us regularly. Some people have to meet a professional counselor. It just sort of depends if um, Lenny has fallen asleep. No, he hasn't. He's still there. All right. So um, we kind of lay out processes for them, things to do, not hoops to jump through. Exactly. None of this is meaningless. It is all specifically geared for their situation, for their problems, that, and, and for 
for them to have a, a pathway to walk that's actually going to move them forward. As they're responding positively to these things, we're meeting, we're checking in. So that, what's important there is that there's, there's interaction, yeah. there's checkup, there's accountability, but then there's patience. Yeah. There's charitable patience. They're going to fail. They're going to mess up. Yeah, because I would. You would. We all would. Yeah. They're not going to say, all right, so here's what we want you to do. And they're going to do all those things perfectly. No. They're not. They're going to struggle. They're going to blow it. They're going to fail miserably. And, uh, and so you, but now, how are they now? How are they responding to that? Um, are they repentant again? Um, are, they, are they ready to, to, to get going again? Um, do they have the support that they need? Like we're constantly working with them along the way. As they're progressing, uh, church discipline is not progressing yeah. in, in terms of intensifying. Uh, and then as the elders meet with them, pray with them, talk with them, um, at some point we, we come to the place where we say, okay, listen, you guys are great. Yeah. God has done a great work, and you're, you're no longer under church discipline. And what we see happen is those people help other people then. Yes. They're ready to help other people because they just went through a, a miserable experience. And I've had people say, like, you know, um, I had one marriage that was just about over because of a, a, a sin issue. And, uh, and at the beginning of church discipline, uh, the one that had been sinned against was like, I don't ever want to see that person again. Yeah. I definitely don't want to sleep with that person. That's right. Uh, I'm not interested in reconciling. But then at the back end of that, they were saying, our relationship now is better than it's ever been in our marriage. Yeah, exactly. Now, that's just amazing to me. That's, so the process that's goes the grace that way. of God. If they are impenitent, it's, we're patient. We'll, like, you know, we'll make several appeals. We'll give them time. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll give them resources. We will apply some pressure saying, hey, listen, this is a, what you're doing right now by not responding to us, but what you're doing right now by, by ignoring our counsel is sin yeah. because these aren't suggestions. These are biblical commands that, that, that you need to embrace for the glory of God, for the good of those around you, and for yourself. You're going to continue to hurt yourself if you go down this path. Um, and at some point then it goes before the church. We do this in a closed member meeting. Yep. We say, here's what's going on. We've been working with this person for a long time, but they continue in sin. Would you please pray for them? If you see them, please encourage them. Um, don't, don't distance yourself from them. Like, you know, be, be their brother or sister in Christ. If they do not respond after that, then the church votes to remove them from membership. Mm-hmm. So now here, before you go there, yeah. now that's only happened once it, it's only gone public at our church one time one time and then after after it went public uh the one that was under discipline came back confessed openly repented and was, was restored re- restored yeah yep so if so they, then it goes before the church it goes if before they, the if church, they don't repent if they don't repent then they are removed from membership people call this excommunication um because they are no longer uh you know in part of the membership they're no longer have access to the lord's supper until they repent you see even then when they're excommunicated when they're treated as a gentile it doesn't mean that you treat them badly that's right it means that you don't recognize them to be christians because they don't show that fruit so you say listen i look at you as i look as a a non-believer and my prayer for you is that you will repent and believe the gospel exactly and and if we're wrong if you are a believer that you'll come back and and be restored that's really what we want for you so even then it is it is like um, a redemptive process in yeah. aim. We want to see them come back and be a part of the church. And I think what's important is that throughout that process, we've been saying patience, we've been saying compassion, but I think really want to, we want to say you got to be gentle. For all those churches out there, for that leadership out there, let Galatians 6.1 you know, ring true in your hearts yeah. and in your minds uh, as you're going through this process. It says, brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. 
So restore them in, in a spirit of gentleness. Walk alongside them. Rebuke them. Correct them. Uh, admonish them. Be patient with them. Yeah. Uh, but restore them in a spirit of gentleness. And it, it, it continues on. Keep watch on yourself, mm-hmm. lest you too be tempted. Right. So remember that. Remember that you are not, and that's, that's sometimes the, the issue, I think, when we've seen church discipline gone wrong in a spirit of, of domineering, yeah. is it's a pride. It's an yeah. arrogance. It's this thought that I know something more than you. I am better than you. I would not. It's a judgmental criticalness of I would not sin as you sin. Yeah, I'm better. I'm better than that. And, and not, it, so it goes with that. And the gentleness means it's the lack of gentleness means that it's punitive. And we've yeah. seen that where they, they really um, are, in, in essence, in some ways, punishing these people for what they've done instead of trying to, um, you know, teach them, love them, walk with them through this uh, reformative process. All right. Well, uh, next week or not, not, not no, next week, no, Thursday, 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 50th episode. Oh, my gosh. Can it's we be last? Big. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think we're doing pretty good. I think we're doing. I think we're doing. It's all right. I mean, I mean we're not, you know, I mean, we ain't no happy rant. No, we ain't no. They got that nice logo. Pop, Pupcast. Happy rant has that, that logo. I like that. That logo is nice. Yeah. I didn't like that screamy man. I didn't uh, get that scream, man. I didn't like that. Too well, he's, he's ranting. I guess that's the thing. But the but now the megaphone with the happy rant, the, the nice tight face on there. That's a good logo. Be a good tattoo. Barnabas, I'll pay it, for it if you get it. I heard it right there. You okay. said you would pay Barnabas. But I get to pick where. That's a good, that's a good okay. deal. Not on your face. I promise. That's a good deal. Okay. Uh, big thanks to Justin Bond of J Bond Media. He is our editor and engineer. If you have any audio or video needs, uh, photo needs, he's the guy to hook up. Check out uh, Justin Bond at jbondmedia.com. Yeah, if you want to follow us on Instagram or Twitter and that uh, at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion, you can head on over to our website, doctrinedevotion.com. Click on the Contact Us page there. You can give us your honest feedback, your ideas, your suggestions. Uh, you can head on over to iTunes or whatever your your podcast uh, provider. Your is that what you call podcast, it? Podcast catcher. Podcast catcher. is. You can go ahead and leave us an honest five-star reviews. Um, yeah. What, what? You're looking at your phone. Yeah, you it was a thing. Phone? No, I just, a thing came up. And what's funny is it was a, it was a suggestion uh, sent to us about covering church discipline. Providence. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what you can do? You can go to iTunes, leave us a review. That'd be That's nice. What I just said. Oh, leave did you say an honest five star review. review? Tell a friend. Tell a friend. Did you say Karen that? Caring. I didn't say that. Okay. Well, good. All right, we're done. Yeah. All right. I think we're getting good at this. But, well, not now. Look at this. Not this now. fell apart at the end. You well, screwed it up. No, because we don't have a script. What do you want me to do? We don't no, have a you just should have ended it. it. But you're worried about me looking at my phone and even pick it up. All right. What's really important, guys, for Thursday's episode is you cannot miss this. You can't. All right. I want you guys to reflect on this one passage. And oh, this, this passage, is important. Don't, this is important. I, we talked about this. Yeah. What is this it? This passage will change your life. What is it? Is it in? It is found in 